This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Happy Wednesday night. I'm Alvy Oxenrider, and welcome to Halftime Adjustments here on WPXI Now. I'm joined by our buddy Chris Carter over at DKPittsburghSports.com and Hey, this is, uh, well, let's just say crunch time for the Penguins uh, between now and the trade deadline. They'll continue to try to can, uh, keep this momentum going. And um, I, I I have to throw the question out to you, Chris. Do you think this team needs to make a move uh, or have they proven through this long list of injuries that they're up to the challenge of uh, facing that adversity? You know, Albie, I think that it would behoove them to make a move. You know, a lot of people going into this season were thinking like, hey, this isn't going to be the year that they got it. Let's not, you know, the, the Penguins have traded away so many first round picks. Let's not, add, you know, add to their problems of the future by trading for now. But Albie, the way they're playing right now, they're competing with everybody in their division. They're going to be ready for the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they, they, I think they put themselves in the second place recently. So, you know, I mean, this is, this is the situation where now they're competing. And now you just, you got to make sure that you're ready for the playoffs. And how many times have we seen really good Penguins teams get derailed because their depth just ran short late in the season because of injuries or whatever reasons coming come to their way. And you're seeing the injuries are piling up. They're still finding answers, but eventually in all sports that catches up to you. I think it would behoove the Steelers, you know, Ron Extel, Brian Burke, it may, you know, may, or the Steelers, the Penguins, excuse me, uh, but it would behoove the Penguins uh, with, with them to be able to, to go and say, hey, let's try to find more depth pieces here to keep our, our, our lines our lines replenished. Uh, the good news on the injury front, uh, the latest, uh, that Tristan Jari's day-to-day yes, certainly could have been a lot worse, uh, but they, uh, they're they starting off the six-game road trip now, and they have done very well against these very quality teams in the NHL East Division. Uh, but, you know, the, the one thing that you have to keep in mind is it seems that We've seen this script before mm-hmm. where they play well in uh, March into April, maybe May. Then the playoffs come and it's a different story. Now, currently they're dealing uh, with life without uh, Evgeny Malkin. But it seems that everybody else is buying into Mike Sullivan's system and it's working just so. The key will be, and it will be great news to get Evgeny Malkin back, when it, but when he's back, continue what they've done without him when he's back in the lineup. No, I agree with that sentiment entirely. I think that the, um, I think, I think that right now, the other thing to think is before this road trip, you know, they've bought themselves the capital and the space to say, Hey, if we split these games, it's not as, it's not like we're a month ago where you thought, where you looked at this part of the schedule and you're like, that could be really rough. Uh, but they've, they've won so many games over the past month that I'll be, it's like, okay, if, if you have a, like a, a rough road trip there, it doesn't destroy you. I mean, we've seen what's happened to the flyers who at one point this season, we thought we're going to be, you know, right in the mix at the top, you know, get one of the top seeds for the playoffs, but now they're getting pushed out of the playoffs and the penguins are on the rise. I think that right now they've, they've bought the space to say, Hey, if you trip up over the next couple weeks here with the, with this road trip that they're about to be on, 
you have the time and the space to recover because you won so many games early on. I think that's what's huge about these wins that they've continued to pile up. And we, we said this earlier in the season, Albie, when, when the Penguins are finding really weird ways to win, like not getting a lot of shots, but then finding a way to win at the last second, those wins all add up over time. When you're not playing your best hockey and then you're eventually, and, and you eventually start to fade that out later, those wins carry over. And that's what you're seeing in a long season. Those wins have, have piled up. And now that they're, they got hot in, in the spring, they're saying, okay, now let's try to keep, keep, keep this going. If we fall off, we know we have the backup space that we've built ourselves by playing those early games and winning early on. So the Penguins, I think, are on a really good spot. And, and yet there could be some frustrations coming up, and they do want to make sure that they're ready for the playoffs. But that's just going to be about staying healthy. You know, so, you know, some of it's going to be luck, but a lot of it's going to be, hey, let's just make sure we're still focused. We play our style of hockey. And if they if they want to add somebody at the trade deadline, make sure it's someone that contributes to what they're doing right now. And they're skating faster. And it, you know, them getting Tristan Jari back would be just huge. It would be so enormous because of the way that he's been able to play and really boost up a position in goalie where they were struggling early on. Yeah, and one of my concerns, it's always been with the trade deadline, is you, you make a trade for a guy who on paper – looks like he will help your team, quality player from wherever, and you end up disrupting the chemistry. This happens very often in all sports. You bring a guy in who has all, all of what you need on paper, and, and, but, but, but sometimes that, that chemistry is a very tenuous thing. Like a Jerome McGinley? You, you disrupt that, and it can hurt a team. Like, like, a, like a Jerome McGinley, Albie? Yes, exactly. I mean, sometimes you bring in somebody who looks like a home run, yeah. and just for whatever reason – doesn't work. And, and that's why, uh, you know, sometimes the chemistry of a team is more important than the talent of a team. I mean, certainly you want to have as much talent as you can stack up, uh, but it's important that that talent works together as one. And as I said, play into the system and do exactly what they're trying to achieve. Uh, I also get the feeling, Chris, that it seems that all along the way, people have looked for reasons to count out the Penguins from the start. Oh, it's going to be a tough schedule in the East. Um, oh, I don't know about this. They're they're a year older. They're a step slower. Whatever the reason, uh, and and all of a sudden the, the the Penguins go off on a tear and they do these amazing things. And maybe this is the team we're looking. Maybe they're not overachieving. Maybe this is the team that no one just ever gave them enough credit for being. I mean, I, I've said all along, Albie, as long as they keep their core of stars together, they've got something to build around. And even like when, like right now, they're dealing without Malkin, you know, you got Crosby, you know, you got Latang, you know, you got guys, and you know, you've built guys around them who are used to playing with them the way Gensel's been playing. You've got that core. As long as that core's together, you got a chance to fight through anything and figure things out. We've seen this in hockey for years, whether it's been the Penguins or the Capitals or any other organization that, that's done this. As long as you keep that together, I think that they're fine. And that's what we're seeing right now. Now, granted, could they could they get hit a rough spot in the playoffs to deal with some injuries? Absolutely. But that's not where they're at right now. Get ready for that. All right. Penguins, uh, again, starting a six-game road trip at Boston on Thursday night. Back to talk about the Steelers and everything that they have going on. Uh, as their offseason continues here on Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie with Chris Carter, and we're back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on WPXI Now with Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter, and we segue from the Penguins as they continue to uh, enter the late part of their season to the Steelers uh, entering the heart of their offseason. Free agency um, has had a lot of weird twists and turns around the NFL. Uh, the Steelers aren't really active traditionally in free agency, so nothing has happened that's really much of a surprise. But I want to hit you up with something, Chris, uh, that, that may have surprised some people. It, it, it appeared that uh, Tyson Alualu was gone. Uh, but he ended up re-signing with the Steelers, which means instead of losing four starters on defense from last season, or excuse me, instead of losing five, they've now only lost four. Talk about what happened there uh, and, and the fact that he's going to be back uh, next year. So one thing to remember, Albie, is when, when those announcements are firing off left and right, when every year when free agency starts, those are simply agreements, especially on the Monday when everything starts. Nothing is finalized in free agency until a player physically signs a contract and usually it's done right at the team facility so what what happened with Tyson Olualu was he agreed to a deal they got the story on that that was reported and that was accurate but then he got COVID and wasn't able to travel for some time and he had to he had to deal with uh, 10 days of quarantining and during that time his former teammates the Steelers were calling him Joe Hayden Cam Hayward TJ Watt they were all calling him be like hey Tyson we love you what can, can you stay here and, and Tyson had made it clear like hey I'm really just going back to Jacksonville because my family's been there and he said that on Stan Saverin's show on uh, on on uh, WDBE you know they that it was it was clear he wasn't leaving the Steelers because he didn't like them or they didn't offer him the money it's just like hey I, my family's down there and I'm great but then he thought about, you know what, I do got a pretty nice house up here in Pittsburgh. I have become pretty comfortable up here, and these guys really like me, and this is a defense that I performed well in, and it performed, played well last year. They were, I think, the number three defense in the NFL. So, you know what, let me go with these guys. I only got a couple years left in my career anyways, being in my mid-30s. And so that was a huge win for the Steelers, not just to keep their third best defensive lineman, not just to get the, the nose tackle back or the guy who's going to immediately plate replace Hayward or to it. If they go down for injury, if they need a break, but because it says, Hey, this is still an organization where the players believe in each other and want to be together. That's something that kind of gets poked at a lot. They say, Oh, the Steelers, they're not that familial organization that people always say they are. Yes, they are. And it shows, and he's also, when you look, according to the contract numbers we've heard reported, he is making less money than he would have had he gone to Jacksonville. The same thing that Juju Smith Schuster did in avoiding deals with the chiefs and the Ravens. Um, and Again, if you want to say that the Chiefs didn't happen, okay, but the Ravens have come out and admitted we offered him that deal because they were very, they were, they felt very sour about him not taking their deal and come and going back with the Steelers. So, uh, you know, as far as that, this is showing to me, even beyond beyond the field, Albie, that this Steelers team wants to play together and wants to win together. They saw what they did last year, winning eleven games in a row and then falling apart at the end of the season. They want to correct that. I think that speaks a lot for the organization. Yeah, I look at this as, and, and you mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster. I also look at that as a positive. This is a guy who uh, will provide some continuity and certainly give Ben Roethlisberger a familiar face, a comfortable person to, to, to throw to. Uh, were you surprised? Because there has been some criticism, particularly Ryan Clark, the former mm -hmm. uh, Steeler uh, and now a, a broadcaster. 
uh, he was pretty he was pretty uh, heavy in his criticism of Juju Smith-Schuster, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting from Ryan because he's a guy who the Steelers, the Steelers of the late 2000s, early 2010s, they had their own swagger. Now, I know that, that, that Ryan Clark didn't like Antonio Brown when he was when he, they were both here in Pittsburgh. And that was that, that's something that he's said more and more. And maybe he sees Juju as a residual effect of Antonio Brown. But Juju isn't doing the things that Antonio Brown does. Juju celebrates his teammates accomplishments. He goes out and he blocks for his teammates. He goes out and he doesn't complain for the ball when he doesn't get it all the time, you know, he is he is a lot of the things that AB is. And he also isn't the head case that AB is. You know, AB's getting pulled over for speeding down McKnight Road or throwing furniture off of a balcony or you know, you know, having spats with you know the mother of his children. Juju has had none of that. The biggest thing he's like, oh, he I don't like the way he dances on TikTok. That's the that's the biggest thing you could say about Juju. And maybe you don't like the way that he dances on a logo or said the Browns is the Browns, but those aren't things that impact the game, and those aren't things that are getting him hung up in a, in a courtroom. That the, these are these are very simplistic things that don't relate that way. I think Ryan Clark came with a sweeping allegation there, just kind of having a hot take moment. And that happens a lot when you're in national media, sometimes you need to do that. And maybe he sees it. He's like, I don't like the way that Juju say that. And that, that's his opinion. But I, I get the sense that the other Steelers don't feel that way because again, when the, uh, when, when the, when the Steelers won the division by beating the Indianapolis Colts with a comeback, win, you saw several of the Steelers do Juju's TikTok dance, the Corvette Corvette in the locker room because they were like, we're showing it. He's not the problem here. We're losing because of other reasons. And Juju's Juju's play didn't didn't you know, kill the Steelers at all. And it wasn't his dancing that ruined their season. I, I think that there's a narrative out there to push that. And it's fun to talk about for some people who don't want to you know, dive into X's and O's and say, this is where their shortcomings were, but it's just, it's just not the reality that his, that he was the reason why they fell off last season. In fact, I think he was one of the reasons why they were able to get as far as they did last season. And perhaps Juju didn't have that long-term offer that, that was attractive to him, but perhaps this is a good play for Juju. He's still, he's, he's still very young. Yeah. And, you know, you sign a shorter term contract and you put yourself back out there after you and, and you make more money uh, for, for that one year and you go out, you prove yourself and, and you get that long term deal next year. Uh, Albie, he's 24 years old. I mean, he, he, he's a baby. There's some guys, there's a lot of guys that come into the league at that age. So, yeah, next year when the salary cap booms, that's going to be huge for him. If he has a solid year with the Steelers this year, either the Steelers will pay him or somebody will. But we have to you have to acknowledge, yeah, sure, he didn't get the long-term deal now, but the reason why is because the cap dropped for you know all the way down to 182 million. It's gonna be well over 200 million, maybe even close to 210. That's gonna mean he's gonna get a payday next year. All right. Thank you, Chris. And we have more to talk about on halftime adjustments. Coming up, the Pirates getting set for the lid lifter. You like that? In Chicago. <laughs> on Thursday. We'll be back to talk about the Bucks after this. Hey, welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Even though the weather on Wednesday and the weather we're expected on Thursday doesn't seem like baseball weather, the Pirates, well, they came up from that beautiful weather of Florida. Now they're having to deal with reality up in the north. Bucks open the season in Chicago on Thursday, and let's talk about where they are. They, they finished spring training, and I know this isn't always the standard. It, in fact, it's not the standard ever, but they, they finished around 500. Uh, they, they were one game under 500. They finished with a tie. The performances were pretty impressive down there. Uh, there were some guys that really had hot springs. 
And you get the feeling that there is a plan in place and that they're starting to build. As long as we don't look at 2021, Chris, as the win-loss, you know, win-loss everything. I mean, as long as you look at it with some perspective, do you think this could be a positive start for the Pirates coming off a, a very productive spring training? Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the spring training numbers that we've seen have been encouraging. Right now, all you're looking for, Albie, is for some young guys who you can build around. And they certainly got one of them, and it's Cabrian Hayes. That guy's going to be a star at third base. Um, you know, I think that everything that we've seen, there was a beautiful, wonderful piece written by Alex Stump on our website, DKPittsburghSports.com, about Cabrian Hayes. You want to read about how he could be the future for the, for the Pirates? Read that piece. It's, it, it's amazing. Um, and I mean, and also, I mean, we've done amazing coverage on him all spring training. You've seen it, uh, because he, he's great with the bat in his hand. He's great with the, he's great with his glove. Um, I, and they got other guys, you know, Kevin Newman had a really strong, really strong spring training. You like what they're putting together there. Um, and yeah, sure. There's plenty of rough spots. This is going to be a bad year, but this isn't going to be about the wins and losses of 2021. Like you said, this is going to be about who develops who becomes guys who you can who you can use this year? Also, who can become who are some of the older guys in the roster that maybe become trade bait when you know when this when the trade deadline comes and maybe you pick up some prospects from some of those teams that are making the run this year. So all of 2021 is about 2022, 2023, and 2024 when the when the Pirates start to build up the capital to get towards building being an actual playoff contender again. But we know they're not going to be this year. So I get there's a lot of people out there that say this year doesn't matter. It's, it's not that this year doesn't matter. It just means that hey, you're not watching for that. You know, for if you're if you're a Pirates fan and a Steelers fan, every year the Steelers matter. They're in the playoff hunt by by week 17. This year it'll be week 18 because they expanded the season. By the end of this regular season, the Steelers are always in the hunt. They they can either they're either in the playoffs or they can win to get in the playoffs or they can win and get another team to lose and they'll be in the playoffs. That's you know, and meanwhile, you look at teams like the Lions or like you know the Cardinals for me, like the Jets right now, or the Jaguars, and oftentimes they're at they're at the end of the season. They're just like we just want to get this over with, man, and get to the offseason, get to golfing, and you know start talking about the draft and what the future can be. That's where the Pirates are right now. That's and right. And, and I think that's just that's just a reality. But there's a way to climb your way out of this, and it starts with making the right decisions now. Well, also all eyes, Albie will be on the MLB draft and who, which pitcher do they take from, uh, from Vanderbilt, either light or a rocker. Um, let's quickly run down what things look like for the pirates. Chad cool. will start the uh, opener uh, in Chicago. You have Mitch Keller who, who frankly is coming off a year where he needs to kind of step it back up a little bit. Uh, JT Brubaker is going to be in the mix. Um, uh, Steven Brault starting the season uh, on the injured list couple new pitchers that they've that they've thrown into the mix they really have six starters left field's going to be brian reynolds can he bounce back anthony alford in center field gregory polanco always a question in right field you mentioned Cabrian hayes he's he's there really the star they can build around he's only 24 years old at third base you have newman and frazier in the middle of the infield uh you have colin moran who's going to play full-time uh, over at first base now with Cabrian Hayes taking over third and Jacob Stallings leading the way uh, with Perez uh, helping out a catcher. So that's that's what you're looking at. And I don't think that that's a team that, that makes you turn up your nose and say, you know, the key is pitching. And you talked yeah. about what they might do in the draft. Can they develop Mitch? Can they continue to develop Mitch Keller? Uh, can Brubaker give them some innings? Can Chad Cool do what we you know, has shown glimpses of doing 
if they can get any kind of pitching, they have a decent lineup. I mean, it's certainly not a lineup that 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 uh, that, that doesn't have the potential of doing something. So take it for what it is. But, but let me just say this: if if high expectations are the worst enemy of a team, then then the best friend is low expectations. And the expectations are so low, maybe the Pirates can play that to their advantage. That's what I'm thinking. And I always think bright, optimistic thoughts uh, when we head into April, even if the weather looks like it's going to be winter, at least for another day or two. So let's think good thoughts about the Bucs as they start in Chicago. I agree. I agree, Al. But, you know, it's again, if you want to come in and be a pessimist, that's fine. But you know what? But Pirates, Pirates fans who are diehard fans, we see you out there. We know what, what you're going through. And as a guy who grew up, you know, I grew up, you know, in the in the 90s. You know, I was born in 89, so I kind of missed out on the Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla days. But I got to see the rise of Andrew McCutcheon and Starling Marte and A.J. Burnett, that crew that, that made the playoffs for a few years. I saw how that transformed this city, uh, you know, into loving baseball during the summers and that was special to watch you know as a, as a person who grew up in Pittsburgh and didn't get to see that you know through most of my childhood so if you're a fan and you're a diehard fan you know this ain't this ain't that year but this is the year when you start to find out okay who are the pieces that will be part of that journey and this is where you kind of start to earn them stripes and be like you know what hey I remember those dog days so have I think Pirates fans have fun in enjoying that and maybe you, you get some memorable pieces for when this team does get good. Yeah, and I think that that's a good way to approach it. I don't. I'm not expecting the Pirates are going to necessarily contend for the for for the division. I'm not saying that, but take it for what it's worth. Build on development. Build on trying to to continue that core and see what happens. That might be a good logo for 2021 or a good slogan for 2021. See what happens. See what happens. Building for the future. All right, back with our final comments here on halftime adjustment right after this. And welcome back for our final few seconds here on Halftime Adjustments. I have uh, two questions for you, Chris. Uh, the first is, can anybody beat Gonzaga? I happen to think Baylor has a chance. Who knows? Anybody really has a chance. But maybe Baylor's the team that can beat them. And you have some thoughts as well on Pitt Hoop. Yeah, Baylor is the only chance of beating Gonzaga. I thought Michigan could with their bigs, but they got they, the way they lost to UCLA, that ain't happening. So uh, UCLA is going to get run over by Gonzaga. Baylor, Baylor, and you know, Houston might put up a good fight against Baylor, so let's not count them out just yet. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting Final Four, always a fun. It's the best tournament in all sports. But speaking of college basketball, there's some rumors popping up that Pitt might be able to make a move. We've been talking about all the players they lost. They're in the running for the five-star center, Efton Reed, a seven-foot-one center out of Florida. He's, a, he's one of the top. He's one of the top players in the country right now. So if Pitt can win that, that's a, that's a huge get for Jeff Capel, putting him next to Justin Champagny and Nike Sabande and Femi Odakale. That would make for a very interesting 2021 roster. Also, Justin Champagny was seen working out with the Pitt Panthers this past week. So maybe he's not just gone just yet to the NBA. Yeah, I always like to think that, uh, again, thinking good things, if he comes back, it's certainly uh, a, a way to go forward, and that recruit would be a biggie as well. Thanks, Chris. That's our show for this week. Join us every Wednesday night for Halftime Adjustments. See you then.